Welcome to Have You Seen Me, a podcast that intertwines all original stories with the real-world history that inspired them. I will act as your guide as we wade through both fact and fiction. Tonight's tale will test one man's grit against a ravenous and unrelenting beast. Looking out across the endless grasslands, Hank Lear was on his way to a ranch to investigate the seventh call this month regarding a chupacabra. He turned the radio up and took a sip from his day-old coffee. He loved living in Texas and the freedom it promoted. He wasn't a poetic type at all, but in his heart, he felt an irrevocable bond between his spirit and the state. He had lived out by Sweetwater all his life. He knew every part in person like the back of his hand. His neighbors would describe Hank as the quintessential Texan. He was a big man, so big that he had to slouch to get through most doorways. He wore a big hat with a ridiculously wide brim. His voice boomed and his personality was big enough for two people. And of course, he carried a big gun, a revolver that was passed down to him from his father. Like his father, Hank was the game warden of his county. He enjoyed interacting with people and working with animals. What he could not stand, however, was gossipers. It irritated him to think people could get so worked up over rumors. Hank believed in action over words, so when the entire town lit up with talk of a blood-sucking creature, his attitude was less than friendly. Linda at dispatch came over the radio. Hey Hank, are you almost at Mr. Harrison's? Hank rolled his eyes and picked up the radio. Hey Linda, I'm pulling in now. He turned onto the gravel road and headed towards the ranch. He's called at least two more times since you left. Gonna tell you what, I'm sick of this stupid chalapa crap. Chalupa? Whatever the heck you call it. Mr. Harris has saved me something years old. He ought to know better than to believe in that kind of stuff. This is the last call like this I'm taking. Hank pulled up to the homestead and turned off his truck. He took one last sip of coffee before stepping out. He looked at the horizon. The day was entering into its final hours. Hank approached the front door and knocked with his big fist. Mr. Harrison, it's Hank. I'm here to look at your chickens. Mr. Harrison. There was no reply. Hank walked over to the window and peeked inside. The lights in the kitchen were still on. Hank started walking along the house. When he got to the back, the back door was wide open. Hank ran inside and yelled out. His voice echoed through the small home. Hank rubbed his neck as he got a cold chill down his spine. Something wasn't right. He stepped back out of the house, and as he turned his head towards the setting sun, he noticed Mr. Harrison's barn. Maybe he's in there, Hank thought. If not, I'm getting Lenny to send the sheriff down here. Hank started towards the barn. Though it was a short walk, it felt like an eternity. When he reached the barn doors, he hesitated. The sound of flies buzzing and the putrid stench emanating from the barn could only mean one thing. He shook his head, took a deep breath, and flung the door open. Good Lord! Littered across the barn were several dead animals, a whole flock of chickens, and a few goats. Hank covered his mouth with his hand, 
The smell was overwhelming. He approached one of the chickens and picked it up. It was strange. The chicken was wholly intact, and yet it was light as a feather. Hank rotated the corpse, looking for a wound of any kind. His eyebrows furrowed in confusion when he noticed the two gaping holes right under the hen's neck. Hank was bewildered by the marks. His first instinct was coyotes, but the bite marks just didn't match. Hank set the hen down and picked up another. The two same holes were in the exact same spot. He felt his heart skip a beat. All the animals had the exact same wound. Hank felt a fear he had never felt before. He unholstered his revolver, ready for anything. He quickly formulated a plan. I'll make a run for the truck, radio Linda for the sheriff, and get the heck out of here. As he turned to run out of the barn, something caught his eye. There was something behind a haystack at the other end of the barn. The light was low enough that Hank couldn't immediately tell what it was, but his gut was telling him it wasn't good. Hank pulled out his flashlight and pointed it at the haystack. The light illuminated the silhouette of an old man's lower half. Hank felt his hand instinctively pull the hammer of his revolver back. The situation had gone from bad to worse, and while he wanted to run, Hank had to make sure he was dead. He crept over, each step lighter than the previous. His flashlight stayed fixed on the body, but the shadows around the light seemed to grow blacker and more menacing. Hank was now just a few feet from the haystack. He glanced over his shoulder one more time before swallowing his fear and stepping forward in front of the body. Hank couldn't help but recoil in disgust. Mr. Harrison's body was a sickly white, his very life drained from his body. In the center of his chest were two deep holes. Hank felt his eyes well up a little. Mr. Harrison was a good friend. He was beginning to believe it was a murder. Some sick and twisted cult had preyed upon the old man and his livestock. As Hank stepped away, he made a silent vow of revenge. He would see it through that justice was served. Hank made haste to exit the barn when... One of the stall doors creaked open. Hank froze. Things seem dire for Hank, but before we continue his story, let's examine the real history of the Chupacabra. The legend begins in Puerto Rico around 1975, when several of the town's livestock were found dead. Killed in a most unusual way, small incisions and a major loss of blood. At the time, the townsfolk believed it was the work of a satanic cult. The killings continued until 1995 when an eyewitness reportedly saw the creature after it had killed a herd of sheep. This incident garnered the creature a lot of notoriety, and in a comedy routine, comedian Severio Perez named the beast the Chupacabra, which literally translates to goat sucker. It wasn't long after that the mysterious blood-sucking Chupacabra was spotted all around the globe, though most sightings come from South or North America. One of the most interesting aspects of the Chupacabra are the geographical differences in interpretation. The description from the original sighting in Puerto Rico is the version commonly used in South and Central America. 
This version has an alien-like appearance with large red eyes and a gray-green skin color. It has spines running down its head and back and is said to somewhat resemble a kangaroo. Overall, this version is very reptilian in its nature. This description of the creature is thought to stem from the 1995 horror film Species, which features an alien character with striking similarities to this version of the Chupacabra. In North America, the Chupacabra takes on a very different appearance. In 2007, a Texas woman named Phyllis Canyon was struggling to figure out what had killed her chickens. They were mostly intact, save for the puncture wounds in their chest and throats. They had been drained of their blood. It wasn't long before she got her answer. One of her neighbors gave her a call. They had just spotted a strange animal dead on the side of the road. Phyllis rushed over to investigate. The creature was unlike anything she had ever seen. It was certainly a canine of some kind, but it had no hair and its skin was tough and bluish, not unlike an elephant. It had large fangs and disproportioned legs, and it had a striking set of blue eyes. Phyllis kept the beast and had it stuffed by a taxidermist. DNA samples gathered from the creature tested for some bizarre wolf-coyote hybrid, though that in itself is up for debate. Regardless of the identity of this creature, its ghastly appearance is what is thought of as the North American Chupacabra. The Chupacabra is an extremely popular urban legend. On a personal note, it's one of my favorites. The Chupacabra has gone on to feature in many films, books, and other media. The name itself is sometimes used as an illusion when describing something that is elusive or impossible to find. Though its existence is largely dismissed in the scientific community, the Chupacabra remains as one of the most influential pieces of folklore in the Western Hemisphere. Now that the history is out of the way, we can return to Hank's story. Hank made haste to exit the barn when one of the stall doors creaked open. Hank froze. He whipped around and aimed his gun. The creature let out a shriek and dove to the other side of the barn. Hank fired twice. The creature was moving too fast to hit. It scurried back into the darkness. Hank couldn't keep up with it with his flashlight. He darted the light back and forth, desperately searching for it. Hank decided this was his chance to make a break for it. He turned around and took off running as fast as he could. The creature darted out of the bar and after Hank. The creature rattled its quills. Before Hank could turn around, it swung its tail, sending several barbs into Hank's legs. He screamed out in pain as he fell into the dirt. The creature was gaining on him. He had to react fast. Hank whipped over on his back and took a shot. The bullet struck the ground. The creature didn't lose its pace. Before panic could even set in, the chupacabra leaped towards Hank, sinking its fangs into his right arm. The bite was so deep, its teeth nearly reached through to the other side. The chupacabra swung its head violently, and Hank couldn't keep his grip. His gun went flying out of his hand. Now he was helpless, and the monster gripped its paws around Hank's neck, pushing him onto the ground. Hank was trying to muster his strength. He pushed his fingers into the jaws beast to try and loosen his grip, but the chupacabra's bite was too strong, and it began to suck the blood right out of his body. It felt like every organ in Hank's body shifted up into his right arm. Hank couldn't catch his breath. He couldn't control his muscles. He couldn't even think. Tears started to streak down his face. Without even noticing, 
Hank's life was flashing before his eyes. He saw his wife, his children, his father. His body was ready to pass on. But his spirit couldn't make peace with that. He looked into the chupacabra's eyes, its pupils glazed over with their voracious hunger. He balled his left fist, and with his remaining strength, he struck the creature right in the face. It recoiled and squealed, but didn't let go of its meal. Hank swung again, this time driving his thumb into its eye. The chupacabra roared in pain as it released its grip on Hank and removed his teeth from his arm. His adrenaline finally kicked in, and Hank quickly got on his feet and ran for his revolver. He dove for it and took aim. The creature was still dazed from the earlier hit, and this time, Hank steadied his arm. The bullet went clean through the hind legs. The chupacabra howled, and his body convulsed in anguish. Hank got back on his feet, prepared for his next shot. The creature quickly darted away, running deep into the darkness. Hank's adrenaline was still pumping, but it was now fading. His vision wouldn't allow him to keep track of the creature. His breathing became labored, and the pain in his arms and legs set in. He turned towards his truck and started his limp back. As he staggered towards his escape, he could hear the beast. Its tone had changed. It wasn't hunting for food. It was now looking for retribution. Hank quickened his pace and finally made it back to his truck. He got inside and locked the door behind him. He took a second to catch his breath before putting his keys in the ignition. It wouldn't start. Come on, come on. His truck wouldn't start. Hank desperately turned the keys in the hopes that some grace would get his truck running. He slammed his hand on the dash. Then he remembered the radio. Linda, Linda, send the place down here to Mr. Harris's right now. There was nothing but radio static. Hank gritted his teeth and threw the radio. He sighed and accepted. He was trapped. Only way out was to get the phone from inside the house. If Hank stayed in the safety of his truck, he would bleed out. He could still hear it. He knew it was prowling, circling the truck, waiting for its opportunity. Hank gripped his gun and closed his eyes. He knew he wouldn't be able to make an accurate shot. He prayed for strength, and if things went south again, for a quick death. Right as he grabbed his door handle, he remembered. Hank was frozen in disbelief. And then he laughed. <laughs> it made sense he'd forget. After all, a life-threatening situation can account for a bad memory. Hank opened the door and stepped out of the truck. He confidently limped to the back of his truck and leaned over to look in the truck bed. As he connected the hose, he heard a chupacabra lurching behind him. He looked over his shoulder, and there it stood, its back arched saliva seeping out of its mouth and its claws dug into the ground. Hank disregarded it and refocused. The creature's jaw snapped shut in frustration. Give me a minute, Hank said. He knew the beast would wait to attack. It had already been injured and now was overly cautious of Hank. It may have been a monster, but it was also an animal. And animals are predictable. There we go. Unfortunately for the chupacabra, Hank was scheduled for a controlled burn in the morning and had packed his flamethrower in the truck bed. He grabbed the handle and aimed the weapon. The chupacabra became brazen and squatted down, ready to charge. <laughs> Come on, you little ugly bastard. A flamethrower like this wouldn't be allowed in most states. But this was Texas. 
And in this moment, Hank Leader was reminded of why he loved the stage so. Thank you for listening to Have You Seen Me. On the next episode, we'll learn of a winged terror that spells doom for those that see him. Until then, be on the lookout. You never know who's out there. <laughs>